Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a fortnightly improvised audio drama series that uses role-playing game mechanics. This show regularly contains themes of supernatural horror, violence, and content that is not suitable for all listeners. So please, 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 please use your discretion. <laughs> uh, with me this week, as always, is Chester Lydon and BJ Ingate. Who don't want to be called twins. Also, I'm Aubrey Lydon. I'm the show creator. Hi, Aubrey. Hi, Hi Aubrey. Hi. Here we are again. Here we are again. Here we are again. This is only like the fourth time we've actually recorded this show. Feels like this it's show. been more. It feels like months. Yeah. So how are we going? Good. Good. Uh, I'm good. My name's BJ, which is a good name, I guess. Um, ah. I, I play... Al- well, no opinion, thank you. <laughs> That's for the after show. Thank you very much. Of course, much. yes. I play Alistair Stern, who is a 19-year-old emo with no friends and no job security, who works as a night watchman for his father, the mayor, while spending his free time in secret pursuing a true true calling as it, I almost got through it. <laughs> Basically, he likes solving mysteries. Hi, my name's BJ. How you doing? Hi, BJ. Hi, Chester. I play uh, Ernest Marsh, a lifelong Boy Scout and nature enthusiast who has been given a chance to fulfill his lifelong dream of becoming a park ranger. This dream has led him to the Hook Bar Archipelago. So in the last episode, I was reading off my computer for my yes. thing and you said, I'm going to write something down. Mm. And I couldn't help but notice that you were reading from your book when you did that. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. Chester's reading. I tried, very proud. I tried not to look at mine and messed it up. So... There you go. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, last week... Wait, Aubrey, do you have a suggestion for us? Yes, please. Oh. Game recommendations. That's what I come here for. I know um, you've been The playing. tea and the game recommendations. All right. Well, here's a recommendation. Don't play Enter the Gungeon. Oh. Don't play it um, because it's really hard. It's I'm very not very hard. good at it. Uh, and that makes... And now I have to beat it. You could play um, Kingdom Two Crowns. Don't do that either. Don't do that either. Um. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the games that I get irrationally angry at and then have to win. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't like that side of my time. personality. <laughs> you're still stuck on the first floor. Yeah, well, it's a good value for money, like thirty bucks, and it's anger and gameplay for seven months. Well, it's on Game Pass, so it's ten dollars a month. Yeah, well, we're not plugging Xbox, all right? No, uh, PlayStation. Right. We're, plug- uh, we're plugging our own show. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Check right. out our Christmas special last week. Two episodes, beautiful. Mwah, yeah, you if you want- like D&D yeah. played poorly and uh, lots of Christmas gore, that's where you should go. Yeah. That's when you pay attention to the uh, content warning. Last time on official Dark Tides, not Christmas special, mm-hmm. uh, you guys kind of finished the end of our first little arc, our introductory arc. And this means that you leveled up. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, pulling out my piece of the oh, paper. Oh, nice. All right, so... Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, BJ, I pulled out his charger. If you want to skip our intro of the boys picking uh, new skills, you can fast forward and jump straight into the story since you might not be interested in what we have to do. Okay, so in the archipelago system, uh, characters don't actually level up, but what you so you never actually get more HP or any of those sort of things. But what you do get is new skills. So we have a skill sheet here in front of us, um, and you guys are going to get to pick one new skill, which, yeah. by the way, has to have been related to stuff you did or tried to do Damn in it. the previous episode. You're telling me I can't be a computer whiz? <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. It has to be related to something you actually like tried to learn or be good at in the previous couple of episodes. Okay, all right. Um, but this, yes, you can add a new skill. 
while the boys are perusing, I would like to apologize to you, dear listener. Um, I just have, in general. Just, I'm so sorry. For this show, here. for the quality of it, um, but most importantly, for the fact that I have been forgetting the rules <laughs> that I created. Um, specifically, that I forgot in the first couple of episodes to make the boys take stress damage when um, scary stuff happened to them. And I also forgot to make them use up their energy points, their vitality points, when they used their skills. I'm going to be cracking down on that, uh, so you're going to hear a lot more complaining from the boys as life gets harder. Also, apparently BJ is going to be getting some crackdowns for once in his life. Not just me. Yeah, oh, Chester, you lost your, your light. Oh, Chester, you, you lost your wallet. Oh, oh, this keeps happening to Chester and Vija's there uh-uh. pulling out whatever he wants. Yeah, re-listening to the first four episodes, I did realise that I was making Chester exclusively roll for all sorts of stuff that was actually nonsense. Um, so now I'm going to make both of you roll for stuff that's actually nonsense. Sounds good. Um, okay, so I think I'll put my level into uh, level one self-defence. Okay. Yeah. Because well, I feel like true. with the combat with the chief, I am now much more protective of myself. Yes. Uh, would you like to read the listeners what level one self-defense sure. means? Function. Self-defense allows you to protect yourself from simple physical attacks using blocks and dodges, as well as responding with simple unarmed attacks. Thank you, and Thunder. That's a thunder crack. Lovely. We However, always record when it's raining. Yeah. We do. I feel like it, it's it's nice and aptly moody. Mm. It's very nice. However, if an opponent is significantly larger or better skilled, you'll be required to make a saving throw. Requires two VP per use. Yes, so that's a vitality point. So that adds to my current skills of Silver Tongue. He also has Nature Survival, which is part of his whole training as you know a Cub Scout and all that type of stuff. Uh, he also has Tracking, which I'm sure you can presume, uh, First Aid and Sneaking, so adding defense to that. Well, I would like to, if if the, the narrator will approve it, uh, Light Fingers. Can I add Light Fingers to my... Um, yes. Only because I think it's the only other one that makes sense, because I've like I've already got sneaking and self defense and like tinkerer. Yeah. Well, I would. Uh, yeah, I would give that in terms of just generally you were trying to like sneak away from the police to do stuff, uh, trying to take photos, trying to. I would say that's that's a reasonable one given the situation. Now, please, both of you, like circle or write down or tick those skills, because otherwise you're going to forget. I will. I will add it to my down. skill tree. We will say um, it is raining while we're recording, so if there's any background atmospheric sounds, that's what it is. All right, are we ready to dive in? Absolutely. Mr. Pop. It is late afternoon in the archipelago. On Hookbar, the largest island, nestled in a natural cove, is Port Staples. As the sky turns delicate shades of orange and purple, the town begins to settle. Dock workers are packing up their nets and crates, pulling down the roller doors of their warehouse that face the shipyards. The dockmaster watches the activity from his office that overlooks the entire dock peering like a bird of prey from the mast of a tall ship. His hand thumbs through the rosary as he mutters his prayers and cleans the snub-nosed revolver that he keeps in his desk drawer. He is waiting for the tide to come in and his waking nightmare to begin. 
a steady trickle of dock workers and warehouse hands make their way up from the port along the cobbled main road to the pub. One of the oldest establishments on the island, the Kingfish, stands on the corner of Main Street, its peeling wooden sign creaking in the ever-present ocean breeze, looking like something out of a sea shanty. Inside, the drinkers are murmuring and laughing. They spill beer and smoke. Behind the bar stands a formidable woman, tattooed from head to foot with an eyebrow ring that jingles. She surveys her clientele with a calm eye that will quell trouble before it starts. She runs her hands over an ancient ward against evil, carved behind the bar long before she was born. Further up Main Street sits Mantefuel's Antiques and Oddities, empty of customers. The gloomy interior of the store is crowded with furniture, taxidermy, and objects that defy clear description. At the back, behind the counter, stands a tall, well-dressed man, Mr. Dagon Mantefuel. He stands perfectly still, listening to the voices only he can hear. Behind his reflective glasses, his sightless eyes see things no one else can see. When the clock strikes five, he locks the register and the front door and descends into the basement to continue his work. He's a vampire. <laughs> I knew it. On a rise, overlooking the town of Port Staples, stands the Stern family home a large, robust sandstone construction. It stands three stories high, imposing and grim with a neatly kept garden and ironwork fence. In the driveway is parked a beat-up 1978 Honda Civic with a broken back window. In the attic room, surrounded by band posters, empty chocolate milk bottles and deodorant cans, we find Alistair Stern. What is Alistair doing? Alistair is sitting behind his desk in front of his tri-monitored PC setup, and he's just opened a new browser window. And into it, he types, 1978 Honda Civic rear window for sale, eBay, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to find a replacement for the window that got broken. Um, Can we come up with like some other name for Gumtree? Um... <laughs> I don't, is Gumtree an international thing at all? I don't think so. I think it's. I think it's. But we're only. It's kind of like thing. replacing Tasmania. This. I actually figured out the coordinates of the archipelago, and it's oh. kind of like it's almost like where New Zealand is, but on the left-hand side of Australia. Anyway. Anyway. What else is Alistair doing? <laughs> Alistair, as he's as he's typing, he's like puts his puts his hand to his chin and like strokes his chin and realizes. That for the first time in exactly 47 weeks, he forgot to shave this morning. <laughs> Which is something that he normally does religiously every single morning. Because he he would rather be caught dead than... No, he would... How do you, how do you say that? He would rather... He doesn't like not being clean. <laughs> That's right. So, he, he takes a break from his Googling and he goes down to the bathroom. So, he, he's not a disposable razor kind of person. He's not He's not like a electric shaver he's not a, he's not a safety razor no alistair is a cutthroat razor man and oh, not the old straight blade not only the single like single bladed straight blade no 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 like the steel fully steel cutthroat razor that he you know some antique that he found that he has to then sharpen every day and so he, he shaves with that and he he sharpens it on the whetstone that he has permanently in his bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and as he's looking at it, 
He, his mind flashes back to the various near-death experiences he's had in the last week. And instead of putting it next to the whetstone on his thing, he, he just folds it up and like turns it over in his hand. He's like, hmm, this might, this might actually come in handy. And he slots it into his pocket. And Alistair now has a very old, very heavy cutthroat, very sharp cutthroat razor as a weapon. Just in case things get nasty again. <laughs> okay, that is not what I was expecting. Uh, no. Alistair, is, Alistair is... Between this and the deer incident, Alistair is getting weirder than <laughs> yeah. I ever expected. And much more violent. Well, see, because I wrote, I wrote that whole shaving thing down as like a, a character backstory thing. So I was like, eh, I might as well tie that in. Fair enough. Mm. So that is Alistair's uh, is a new weapon, and I'll write that on my character sheet in case. Okay. As Alistair slips uh, the folded straight blade into his pocket, he hears the phone ring. We cut to outside the town, up the slope of the mountain, amid a dense stand of pine trees, is the ranger's station. Police tape spanning its shattered front door. Behind the station, deeper in the trees... Following a little semi-unused trail is Ernest Marsh. What is Ernest doing? Ernest is standing quite a long distance along this track. He has a pair of binoculars in one hand, and he has a just-finished kind of hot thermos of uh, tea. And he puts it down on the ground and finishes off his biscuit. As he looks through the binoculars out across the, the kind of park looking around because he had heard a report of someone lighting a, a campfire in the area. So he is looking out, trying to just check everything's okay. He kind of sit back, sits back and pulls up the, the little bag he had brought with him and he puts the thermos back into it. And next to it is a long piece of what looks like just black metal. Uh, but it has two prongs at the top, and it is a baton taser, which is he found in the uh, workroom. Is basically like, I have been assaulted enough times in the past few days. If I'm going out, I am bringing something with me type of situation. He hears some more kind of talking and chit-chat over towards the station, and he presumes it's probably police officers or something like that, and he isn't too keen on the idea of heading back, so he, he stays where he is. As Ernest is standing in the trail, he feels his heavy-duty ranger issue uh, radio uh, buzz. He uh, pulls it off from the, the clip on his belt and switches it on. Hey, Ernest. Is that you? Uh, hello? Who, who is this? Hello? It's, it's Alistair. This is Ernest Marsh. Hello? Hello? Uh, can I twiddle on the dot? Hello? Yeah, it's, it's me, Alistair. Me, Alistair. Oh, oh, Mr. Stern, hello. Don't ever call me that again. Stern? Mister? What, was, uh, yeah, what anyway. was the wrong part in that? I'm sorry, what was the... Just... Uh, mind Just call me Ali. would be great. Alistair. Yes, hello. Good morning. Close enough. Uh, yeah, hi. Listen, are, are you free at the moment? He kind of looks back at the kind of kerfuffle happening around the the station and is like, Yeah? Ah. Uh, I mean, I'm on duty, but, you know. Well, well I'm in duty. This, I, I got a, I've got a call from... Uh, one of the ladies in the village, she needs help with a pest problem, and like animals aren't really my thing. So I was wondering if I could come pick you up. And he kind of straightens up. It's like, all right, uh, uh, details. Um, so is a a dog? Is it a uh, uh, like a, 
a kangaroo, a lizard. She wasn't sure. She she said she thought possums. I assume they're in her room. She didn't really give me many. She was very distressed, so I couldn't get a lot of details. But I think it's a possum problem. I was just wondering if you could give me a um, hand. But we kind of need to get onto it quickly um, uh, because she's very upset. She might do something drastic, and I kind of want to. Avoid that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have a uh, a car. I'm kind of stuck. I can, I can pick you up. I'll, I'll come. You can pick me up. Swing by. Are you at the ranger station? Yes. Okay. I'll I'll be there and I'll be there in ten minutes. Alrighty. Twenty minutes later, the two of you are driving through one of the oldest neighborhoods in Port Stables. The houses here are heritage listed cottages. They're sandstone. They're idyllic, beautiful little gardens. You pull up outside the house of Miss Amanda Bankhurst. Her house is small, an idyllic stone cottage that is currently being gutted to accommodate an ultra-modern flat-pack extension. The once rambling garden has all but been destroyed by a yellow digger that sleeps nearby. As you arrive, Miss Bankhurst is standing in the garden. She's in her early 30s, wearing an expensive-looking suit and bright yellow wellingtons. <laughs> She has a long, sombre face and an impatient expression. As the two of you exit the car, she starts yelling. I have left a dozen messages. No one calls back. I sent emails to the council. We need a dedicated pest service. This is out of control. But they're all too busy. No, the carnival's coming up. No, tourism is an all-time low. Well, what about the small people? What about the people with crazy possums in their roof? No wonder things are going to hell around here. Now, what are you going to do about it? Okay, Ernest walks straight up to the lady and says, I'm terribly sorry, miss. There's been a whole situation at the ranger's station. I apologize on their behalf. I'm really sorry. Can you please explain the situation to me? I'm here with my associate, Alistair. He, uh, is, he's a handyman of sorts, and I'm the Lace Park Ranger. I'm terribly sorry about any inconvenience you've had. Well, I should hope so. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I'm going to use uh, my silver tongue to try and sway her onto my side. All right. Uh, how much is that going to cost that's you? Gonna take... That's two vitality points. I completely understand. I am so sorry. This is such an inconvenience to you. Uh, can we uh, please just get on some uh, better ground of this? Uh, what can we do for you? Well, at least you're here now. That's the main thing. I Look, I don't even know. Just night after night, some kind of wild animal keeps trashing my garden and doing damage to my home. Broken windows, torn up floors, the roof is leaking... My builder's equipment keeps going missing. They're threatening to quit if I can't get this pest issue sorted. You're I mean, sure it's not the builders causing this problem? I mean, that's a very large excavator for a really small house. I'm sorry, are you a builder? Well, uh, no. Then I think you better shut up. Do you have any idea how hard I have had to work to afford this house? This renovation? Do you have any idea how hard it is to get a good builder these days? You don't know what this means to me. Now, of course you don't. Of course you don't. Uh, is she talking to Ernest or is she talking, She's talking to, to Alistair? herself. Oh, because <laughs> just trying to see how much like Ernest's lip is starting to like wobble. <laughs> but if she's talking to herself. It's not. It's fine. She takes a, a deep breath. And goes, okay, here is what I want you to do. I don't know what kind of animal is doing the damage. I don't think it's one of the builders. I want you to. Stake out my garden, set traps, do whatever you have to do. I want you to find whatever this animal is, and I want you to kill it. And I want you to get rid of it. And if there are multiple 
bait them, do something. I just want no more interruptions to my building process. I'm going to look over to Ernest and say, it's like, what do you think that's... I kind of give him a look. It's like, is this a thing that you can do? Like, do you... <laughs> is this part of your job description? <laughs> I, Help um, me out yeah, here. I, I look back at him and it's just like... <laughs> look, I don't care. Get it sorted. I All turn right. around... We've got this. Don't worry, miss. Great. I look back Perfect. and give her the, the the shiniest smile you ever seen. It's like, don't worry, madam. You're you're safe with us. She's going to prod uh, Alistair in the chest Ow. and go. You could learn from his business acumen. All right, get this sorted. Call me in the morning, and she's going to stalk to her car. What does that even mean? Ernest immediately starts rubbing his temples like, oh, no, okay, okay, oh, okay. Um, All right, so you know how to catch animals, right? This this is easy, right? This is... Catch animals? No, I help animals. What do you mean? I help animals. I tase people. That's my thing is, like, uh, people who start lighting fires on the ground, you know, you tase them, you get the police over. Animals, I help them. That's you, the thing. You tase people? I kind of brandish the, the, whoa, whoa, the baton right, tase. Okay. It's like, yeah, that's why. <laughs> okay, all right, take a couple of steps back. So I don't want like if I tase an animal, this is gonna it's gonna hurt it. Is that not? Isn't that what that's for? I would have thought that'd be like a like a like a no, wild it's, boar it's, taser. For, it's for like drunk people in the car park. Me like okay, park's closed and they don't want to go. Okay, you give them a little. Tzz, tzz. So they call it they call it the happy stinger. Well, I'll consider it noted not to be drunk out late in one of your parks. You I'll, do that. I'll, I will. Puts it back in his bag. Okay. Um, so okay, where do we start? Let's have a look at the house. So we're going. I'm going to walk into the house and have a little look around at the damage. You kind of step down into what is at this stage almost kind of muddy ground um, where earth has been removed to put this extension into the back of the cottage. Um, the extension is semi-open. There is a concrete floor, uh, scaffolding up steel frames. The roof is on. Um, the external cladding is in, but they haven't finished like the back patio door type situation. Mm. Um, you can see that there is a skylight that's been smashed, um, another window that's been broken. Uh, you can see that there are teeth marks on um, bits of the exterior drywall. There's um, torn up flowers. There's a garbage bin that's been ripped open. So Ernest, is this like standard possum procedure like is this is this what possums normally do i don't like modern extensions possum uh no no not really i mean they kind of do their own thing like they don't often come into the house like that's enemy territory usually like, the roof's something different it's a like, very if this is a possum this is a very violent possum. i don't think it's a builder <laughs> <laughs> i just kind of look over it chuckle it's like yeah maybe not but but I wouldn't know, would I? I mean, no, no, you don't have the business acolyte. No, no, I don't have the business acolyte. Acol, isn't that what you put in water? <laughs> Acol, acolytes. <laughs> Neither of us are chemists, are we? <laughs> I think Alistair smiled at something Ernest said for the first time ever. Just then. as you look up, the insulation has been all but torn out of like uh, the roofing section that is unfinished above you. Uh, you have the house key. She did kind of shove it into your hand as she left. Yeah. Um, in case you need to get into the inside roof or anything like that. Yeah, I'm going to unlock the door. All right. Um, the cottage proper is old school. Uh, it's quite dark. It's a little bit musty even. Um, finished sandstone walls, this sort of thing. It's your your typical um, cutesy cottage. Hello, killer possum. 
and uh, you do not hear anything call back. That's There's good. a builder in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull out my With Wolverine um, claws. I am going to pull out Ernest's little uh, duck caller and give it a few squeaks. Somewhere, an eight-year-old girl's ears perk up. Yes. What was that? Ernest is like looking around, like and whispers to Alistair. Possums hate ducks. They're they their do natural, not. They're their natural predators. They do not. I kind of like, <laughs> like hit him on the arm. I was like, no, no, they don't. And I walk towards the kitchen. I'm, I'm very concerned about that. I was like, he's been way too nice to me. Has he done something? Have I done something? What's wrong? He's never, he's never been this nice to me before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of follow him into the kitchen. All right, what are you doing in the kitchen? <laughs> I'm searching the cupboards. <laughs> I'm looking for I'm looking for instant noodles. You find uh, bougie brands of coffee. Boring. You find um, health food snacks. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. Um, and you find wholemeal flour and almond milk. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out of the kitchen again. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have a look around and is going to head upstairs to see if he can find uh, a way into the roof. So you search the house you look in all the usual places yeah you search everywhere you could think to find any kind of pests rats anything um and you find very little in the old house uh and as light all but fades uh you return to the patio of the unfinished extension and you look out at the garden this garden is uh quite long it actually backs right into the trees um of the forested area Uh, the tall gum trees pines and wattles swaying in the wind as the light gets dimmer and dimmer and you set up watch to try to get a peek at whatever is wrecking this lady's house what kind of precautions do you take alistair takes a packet of ice vovos out of his backpack and opens them and starts eating them uh, Ernest will boil the jug inside and fill up his thermos again and then switches off all the lights and heads out to the, the patio area and heads off to a kind of far corner of the, the lawn and sits down to watch. So should we stick together or should we, like one of us go on the other side of the house in case we miss, like what do you think? I was planning on just kind of circling depending on what we hear. Like, that's a lot of damage that's going to cause some noise if anything does something like that. So I just nod and eat another biscuit. Time passes. The sun goes fully down. The sliver of moon rises and the garden is dappled in different shades of dark blue and black. Now, as you're both on watch, I would like both of you to make a luck roll for me. Three. Five. Okay. Um, Alistair is engrossed in his biscuits and lost in a train of Wait, thought. Wait, what Alistair roll? Three, he failed. Oh. <laughs> um, and he is engrossed in thoughts about the rear window of his car and how difficult it's going to be to try and put new glass into it. Uh, Ernest, you are slightly more on the ball, considering this is kind of more your job than Alistair's. And you notice as it grows darker... Um, there are flickers of movement just at the corner of your vision. Um, From the bottom of the garden, you sort of see something shift here, something dart there, and you couldn't say really if it was a rabbit, if it was just 
maybe a bug, a frog. Uh, you can't tell. But something, there is something moving. Okay, he's going to perk up and kind of tap Alistair on the shoulder and kind of point in the direction. You see something? I quickly put my finger to my lips. You see something? I kind of like tap on my lips again with the finger, meaning no, no talking. (laughs) All right, now that you are paying attention to it, um, if you want to use your nature survival skill, or if you have an animal tracking skill of some variety. I do have tracking and sneaking and uh, nature survival. So. I have sneaking as well. Um, okay, well, for the moment, uh, if you use tracking... That's one VP. I will let you follow the movements. So, yes, uh, another minus one. Alistair puts his biscuit down. He's, he's paying attention now. Oh, he's paying attention now. Okay. He doesn't close the biscuit container, though, because he realizes that might be a little noisy. As you focus uh, using your tracking abilities, you see that this darting of movement um, continues and it works its way very slowly up the garden, closer and closer to the back of the house. You can never get quite a fix on what it is. You can never quite tell or get a distinct shape. There's just movement somewhere there. What are you going to do? I'm going to... Uh, still paying attention I'm just going to watch it the movement darts into the extension itself so it's into the extension yep alright I'm going to move up to kind of block its path out alright uh, you're going to both have to use sneak for me yep I already have a sneak ability so yep I've got a sneaking ability so it's another two energy uh, let me ch- let me check that no, three per use for sneaking. Must be unobserved when sneaking. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'll let you sneak into position uh, to block the exit. You hear a gnawing sound, like teeth on wood. Um, and that goes for a few minutes, and then there's a rustle. And then you hear something fall as something is shoved out of the roof cavity onto the ground and breaks. Uh, you hear a scuttling here and there, and then... Um, you hear more gnawing. I motion for Alistair to stay where he is, and I'm going to head into the house to try and head up into the roof. Okay, it's not in the roof of the house, it's in the roof of the extension, which is actually separate. Okay. So it's just somewhere above you in the extension. I'm going to kind of climb on top of the the kitchen bench to try and look up into the, the roof. Roll luck for me. That's a nine. Okay, with a nine... Um you spot a shape as soon as your head enters kind of um, the same level you see a shape freeze in the murky depths of uh, the roof cavity it looks not like a possum it looks something more humanoid in fact it almost looks like there could be a teddy bear or a child's doll frozen in shadow somewhere in the back of this roof cavity. Now, you could use your torch if you wanted to, or you could do something else. I, while holding the taser in my other arm, (laughs) switch on my torch to take Um, a look at. Okay. You switch on your torch, and what you see is that there is a stock standard hardware store garden gnome (laughs) standing holding a little shovel on his little plinth 
My mental image just changed so much. That is not what I was expecting. I was expecting like a giant cavity. rat or something. It is standing in the back of this roof cavity on its little plinth, holding a shovel, uh, rosy-cheeked grin, staring at you. I'm going totally to, unmoving. I'm going to look at it very scared, and I'm going to pull up my taser and kind of inch closer with it with my taser. Make a luck roll for me. No, not again. Uh, that's an 11. Oh, boy, that's that's good. All right. With an 11, as you inch closer, you see a bead of sweat run, <laughs> run down the forehead and cheek yes! and chin of this porcelain garden gnome. Sweat is also running down Ernest's face as he gets closer and closer to the taser and jabs forwards with it. All right. Um, you make an attack roll for me. Is that with a d10? Does the taser uh, work on porcelain? Okay. Uh, I got two. Uh, that is a failure. You jab forwards, and suddenly uh, this gnome is gone, and there is a scuttling to the left, and then it is out the roof behind you. Whatever this thing was, it's it's on the roof now, outside. I'm going to shout to Alistair. Alistair, it's on the roof! Is it a possum? It's a gnome! A what? A gnome! <laughs> what kind? What? A gnome! A garden gnome! <laughs> it was sweating! I tried to tease it! I'm gonna pull my head out of the roof. And yeah, I was just like, get on the roof! Uh, make another roll for me, please. Alistair's very confused, but he's gonna look around for a ladder now. Two. Alright, you slip off the kitchen bench and fall <laughs> flat on your back, and you're gonna take two damage. Because <laughs> you just, you're panicking and slipping. If you got a one, you would have tased yourself. So, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I was like, it's on the roof! Alistair's gonna have a look for a, uh, um, a ladder to see if he can get onto the Alright, as you are looking for a ladder, you hear a scuttling and a scuttling and then a drop and then a um, rustle of bushes as whatever was on the roof has jumped into the garden uh, close by. It came down. It's in the it's in the garden. I'm just like getting up. I was like, well, do something. Do what what? Do what? And I gotta walk back around to where you are. I'm going to get to my feet and run towards <laughs> the bush. Alright. Hey, what? Taser um, in hand. Taser in hand. Are you gonna try and tase the bush? Yes. Uh, make an attack roll for me, I guess. Uh, that's a nine, yeah. All right, you tase the bush and there is a strangled little... <laughs> um, and a garden gnome is sort of ejected out of the bush onto the ground. Um, and it lies still, still in its little arms bowed holding shovel on its little plinth. It just lies there, um, a porcelain garden gnome. Uh, Alice is going to run up and he's like, oh, you, you weren't kidding. It's a gnome. I'm going to like run over and try and taste it again. <laughs> no more things attacking me. All right. So, uh, all right. Roll on another attack. I reckon I get advantage for this. It's yeah, on the you're, ground. You're tasing a garden gnome. On the I got ground. 12. <laughs> I got 12. All right. You tase it. All right. So, this one. Uh, how- That's the smoke. How much damage does a taser do? I'd say it's a shock thing. So, I'd say a. Oh, what would you think? Would it be like maybe a I'd D8? Say D6. D6? So that's a three. So yeah, it's three damage. When you tase this porcelain garden gnome, uh, both of you are watching pretty closely. I assume one of you has a torch pointed. I, I, I would have switched yeah. mine on as well. Okay, so we have two I'm, torches on. Alistair is so confused. He thinks that he still thinks it's some kind of creature that was holding a gnome and using ah. that as a weapon. <laughs> like, because he, he's, yeah, he has no idea what's going on. As you tase this garden, <laughs> where the little points of the taser impact 
the porcelain, finger quotes, it's like a piece of cloth has been pulled and suddenly a rosy-cheeked, overall-wearing garden gnome is sort of pulled away into nothingness and left behind is a humanoid creature of about the same size, um, but its skin is rough and grey. Where there was a cute little uh, well-trimmed beard, there is this scraggly, long, wispy white hair, distinctly unkempt. Um, Writhing on the ground, it is about two foot tall. It has large, very large blue eyes, uh, almost entirely pupil, uh, as you see, but you can't tell if that's the tasing or not. (laughs) Um, This creature is dressed in clothes unlike anything you've seen before. They're part robe, part bindings. His arms and legs are bound in wraps, the colour of slate, and his torso is shrouded in a piece of folded fabric that's... Uh, folded around him and tucked in place, a little bit like a Roman toga. Um, Both of these pieces of material seem to be made of something silky. Uh, He wears a shapeless, drooping red cap, and his long, spindly fingers sort of jerk and twist as he writhes on the ground, and when the effects wear off, he twitches and twitches again, (laughs) Um, and his face is sort of heavily lined with a large mouth and a large nose and deep set eyes and he stares at you and then screams this is going to tase again all right make an attack roll but he is going to try to escape 10. Uh, he got a two. Can I try? And, <laughs> can I try and stop him from making? Yeah, yeah. Make an opposed. Make an opposed roll. Yeah, so you got to beat a ten. ten. Okay. I do not. I may, I rolled a seven. All right. You so kind of like. like wait, hold on. Just let's. And then he tased it again. Right. Six damage. Six damage. <laughs> what was the last one? Four. Three. Uh, three. Uh, <laughs> it goes. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it back. Alistair, grab him. Uh, <laughs> no more I- things attacking me at night. <laughs> Can I? Uh, you hear me? Can I try? His voice breaks a little bit. You can restrain the gnome. It's not. <laughs> yes. Restrain the gnome, Alistair. I I restrain the gnome. All right. I'm um, going to start patching the taser length like into my hand. Listen here, buddy. I've had one too many of these things happen to me in the past two days. <laughs> All right, the gnome is smoking gently, and um, I feel like I you have done like a for a significant s- amount of its health. Um, I feel like it, I get a, a static electricity shock. Yeah, you kind of, and it's sort of like twitches a little and goes. You have no idea the power you're messing with, human. It's peace. Ernest. Feeling confident again, <laughs> presses the button on the taser. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't hurt me. I am but a humble gnome of the oppressed people, the downtrodden. <laughs> forced into an unjust system of labor with no hope of reprieve. We work our hands to the bone and our bodies to the grave while the wealthy among us grow wealthier. 
<laughs> Have mercy. Uh, Alistair's going to pick this gnome up higher. I'm assuming he's like grabbed his arms. He's going to like hold him up higher and hold him up to his eyeline. And he's like, I will let you live if you vow never to come back here. But please, my life, my family's lives, they all depend on the destruction of this abomination. <laughs> I kind of look at, I kind of like tap with the taser again. It's like, what's your, sorry, just a little bit exhilarated. What's your name, friend? My name is Norbert. Norbert, that's Norbert a lovely name. Nomenkin. Oh, Okay. Is that is that with or without a silent G? Which one? Norman? Either. Is that Norman or Norman? <laughs> it's it's Norbert. It's Norbert. Gnorbert. Nomenkin or... has a G. Gnorbert, Gnorbert. But we don't spell it like you do. Ah. ah. Oh. I kind of keep tapping. It's like, so your your family relies on this? So like you, you get... You get no. Like, no? No. You're not so, listening. I'm going. Hold on. I'm gonna. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna walk over towards the extension and like hold it out in front of me, like as as though I'm showing it. And I'm like, is this what you object to? And I'm like pointing towards the new, like the new part of the house. No, it's ugly. <laughs> and then I turn it towards the old part of the house. What about this? Oh, that's all right. <laughs> okay, like, it's yeah, not that great, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm still patting the taser in my hand. Like, yeah, I agree with him a little bit. But like, come on, Check. man. Someone's Roll pink. Luck. Roll luck. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I can see what's going to You've been doing it a lot. <laughs> you tase yourself. That's I rolled the two. two. You tase yourself. <laughs> okay. Roll damage. It took five damage. Yeah, you're... You, uh, you're you are lose... suddenly rigid in pain and then you drop to the ground. No, I lose feeling in my arm. It's just kind right, of it's, flopping it's... from side to side. I'm just like, ha! Right, write it down, five damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, um, friend, um... Am I to take it that you object to these modernist constructs? Whether I object to modernist constructs or not is really out of the question. This is not a principle of design... This is a principle of rights and liberties and oppression. Who are you oppressed by? I'm still kind of like trying to wave my arm <laughs> to kind of get feeling back into it. Should I like wave the smoke away? <laughs> <It's> like, <gasps> my people, the common gnome, are oppressed by the bourgeoisie, <laughs> the ruling class, those who run the manufacturing, the landowning, those who accumulate money while we rot in slums. They send us out to do their bidding. To fight the humans, to fight the yellow beast. And it points at the digger. And, goes, <laughs> and if we do not... If we return without proof of our exploits, our families are given no food. Okay, so you're oppressed by a, a group of your own people, not Correct, by the yes. humans. Well, the humans are not great. They destroyed our garden, our idyllic land. They build monstrosities, bring in yellow beasts, and they use lightning machines on us. And they are stupid. Like I, I I'm like you know, I do have a point. I mean, this was a very nice garden. I kind of look at the. It was a beautiful garden. It was a nice garden. They destroyed it. <laughs> they did. They I look at Alistair. I'm like, can we just like direct them to like the town dump so they could go there, grab a bit of like broken wall or something, take it back to the people and be like, hey, look at this broken wall I stole from this house. Give me my money. I like 
Or like a tile. Kind of not. I'm like, ah. And then I just, the no, I'm like, ah, would that work? Yeah, would that work? You know, because that means you don't need to destroy anything, but you can still bring back proof of destruction. (laughs) He kind of... If he could, if he had control of his arms because <laughs> Alistair is holding them, he would be uh, rubbing the bridge of his nose. <laughs> Gnomes are not stupid. Our goal, the task we have been set, is to destroy the house and the yellow beast. And if we fail, our families are forfeit. We didn't. Our say lives it. are forfeit. It's not our fault. You didn't say that part. Well, you it's just not said my you bring fault. Back proof. You keep talking over me. I am small, but I must be heard. The voice of the people will be spoken and it will be heard. <laughs> this has just turned into a whole new podcast and I really quite like it. I've been I've been enjoying planning this one for a while. I kind of like motion for Alistair. I'm like, come over here, let's talk. Right. I, still- I, look, I look at the note I'm like, if I put you down. Don't put him down, don't put him down. Would you like stay here while we have a chat and then like come? Because like... <laughs> <laughs> I like trying He's to convince him not to run away. Goes, I'll put him down. Yes, I will. <laughs> I keep hold of the gnome. <laughs> I was like, damn it! <laughs> Stupid human. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. um, gonna attempt to to break free. That's uh, a two. He I've got to break free. I just hold him a little bit further break away. Free. And his legs are like he's kicking. Yeah. yeah. I just hold I him t- a bit further away. Talk to. Alistair Knight. Okay, so here's an idea. Don't right. listen to this Noman Guard. What if? Yeah. So they'll if we like do something with this, if we like put him in a cage or something, just more of them will come because apparently they that's, have a vendetta yeah, against this place. Problem. How bound this might take up a big portion of your night. I'm sorry if that you know messes with anything. But what if we take him back to his Noman Guard people and like blackmail for his life? type of thing and I'll you know, do my whole taser thing again except this time I won't tase myself but, the, but like we'll be like hey we are your gods um, we have come or not gods that's a bit weird that's a we'll bit be like, hey, we don't want to be creating religions yeah, hey we've here. been sent by the people of the house let's have a truce if you don't agree to our truce we'll kill your friend here um, then we'll escape because we're big and we can run faster than you can run because <laughs> they're gnomes because they're gnomes my, uh, my only issue with that is if he if if this gnome is telling the truth? Yes, I'm definitely speaking as though he can't hear me. He is watching you both. Yeah, if he's telling the truth and he is an oppressed whatever, mm. they probably don't place that much value. On. And then I look at him and I'm like, how much value is placed on the average gnome life? Our lives have no value in the eyes of I, our betters. I stop listening. I'm like, but what if we could threaten if- their betters, like with the whole taser thing? Yes, revolution. <laughs> Oh, I think we might have hit something. Here. I think we might. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Uh, look, look back to the gnome. Yeah, I'm look like, at the gnome. The proletariat will rise up. Fair know. distribution if, of wages. If we help you and your families, yes, rise up. your oppressors. Will you promise to leave this house and like not interfere with the humans? Leave the house alone. Yes, I I promise. Yes, because I know of a lovely like nature reserved area that gnomes can you know live in. My family has lived on this ground for generations. We will not leave. But if you're... All right. <laughs> <laughs> we could make... He he looks like he's about to be sick. Peace with the machines and the ugly modern extension. If 
If we were not oppressed at home, Hello. if we were masters of our own destinies, we could, we could make peace. I look at him and I go, no true revolution is ever one without sacrifice. Yes, the sacrifice of those that you are rebelling against, yes. That as, the sacrifice as of well, their heads in the dirt. Well, naturally. I kind of look at it, it's like, this is a very violent No, I look back, I'm like, maybe... If in order to be free, you may need to find a new place to live. Mm. But we can help you with that. That's the governing point. body in place of the ruling class will decide where we go, but we can promise some level of truce between us and ugly extension. And, um, you know, if uh, if you refuse to take our help, then, you know, we can always just kill you all <laughs> and i just smile <laughs> uh, but i would like it not to come to that this is exactly what is wrong with humans you're bullies fine <laughs> if you will help me overthrow the unjust system of oppression and systems of abuse of power i will swear to you we will abandon the war with the woman of this house and her yellow machine monster if you will join the revolution we will have peace on those terms. Come, let me down. In that case, I put him down and I say, take me to your leader. Like, I will. And I will see them squam. And he starts booking it down the garden. <laughs> I start booking it after him. Ernest is still trying to get feeling back in his arm. And every time he touches his arm, he gets an electric shock type of thing. It's just like, wait, wait, what are we doing? What? What? <laughs> Alistair's already running. I run um, after him. Uh, you follow him to the bottom of the garden um, where the trees begin to grow taller, where overgrown weeds and ivy are creeping, and you come to what is an old, half-fallen-down wishing well. Uh, toadstools are growing out of it. It's moss-encrusted. Uh, what was once uh, a canopy over the top of the well has long since fallen in. Uh, Norbert clambers up the side of the wall, beckons you with the crooked little finger, shoved aside um, the covering, and drops into the darkness below. I kind of peered down at now, finally getting, you know, feeling back in my arm. He could kill us. Like, if there's a bunch of... They could eat us. I just smile and gesture to the well. I'm like, after you? <laughs> I give him a light little tap. Okay, I climb down. All right. I climb down after him. I want both of you to roll then. You oh. Use a rope or find a ladder or anything. You just jump down. Oh, I the thought well. there was a rope. No. I didn't say anything about a rope at all. Uh, all right. I got, what's that? That's a six. Six. Oh. Uh, all right. You're both going to, you both will drop and you'll kind of, you'll twinge an ankle. You'll <laughs> do whatever. Uh, you're not, you'll take like one point of damage each. Or something. Ernest, Ernest re injures his back. You, oh. scrape, you scrape a knee. <laughs> okay. You drop down into ankle deep sludge and water at the bottom of this well. Uh, it's about a good two, three metres down. You could climb the walls to get back out. It's not that big of a deal. But you stand in darkness um, and ahead of you Norbert is scrambling into a tunnel. Uh, big enough for him to walk through but you guys are going to have to crawl. And as you get down on all fours and make your way after him into this tunnel, the smell of earth and mud moss and bug life creeps into your nostrils and clings to your clothes hmm, and you can rustic. smell nothing else 
Uh, Norbert leads you going, this way, this way, follow. All right, uh, slow down. He leads you through this long tunnel which seems to head deeper underground. Here and there along the walls are fixed uh, strange lanterns that burn with a dim green-blue light that flickers. Uh, The effect is to make these tunnels murky and ill-defined. Other tunnels branch off and down them as you pass, you see similar figures in the shadows going about their business. Uh, At one point, you are forced to sidle into a different passage to let three gnomes pass, all who look fairly like Norbert, uh, rolling barrels. Each of them scowls at you suspiciously as you pass and they um, exchange words with Norbert in a language that you can't understand. (laughs) Norbert leads you down one more tunnel uh, and you emerge into a, a large cave room. For them, it's large. For you, uh, you can uh, sit here comfortably. You can't quite stand. Um, but this passageway is filled with makeshift huts, uh, homes dug into the walls of the tunnel. And from many of these um, tunnels, you see small gnomish faces peering at you. Uh, From behind, small washing lines strung between walls. Um, There's a bonfire that people are cooking over and they're cooking uh, uh, toadstools and (laughs) mice. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And Norbert turns around and goes, This, this is the people of Nomengrad, the oppressed, the threatened down. Uh, come with me to my home. He leads you into uh, a little cave system. You can basically like kind of crawl part way in, and that's about it. Um, it's a little cottage. There are alcoves in the wall for pots and pans and these sort of things. There's a small fireplace, but no chimney, so you can't actually have a fire in here. Above the mantelpiece of what is not really a fireplace, uh, there is a beautiful oil painting of a gnome. Um With a large, bushy beard and heavy eyebrows and wild hair. And he points to it and says, Behold, Schmalschmarks, the founder of (laughs) Schmommunism. The great leader and visionary of our cause. It was his thinking that started us on this road, and it is his death. That marks the beginning of our revolution. I look at Alistair and I'm like, are we here to overthrow capitalism? Yes! Yes, that's what this is. Is that all this is? And they're just, he's just angry because he's got a low paying job and he just wants to replace it with communism so he doesn't have to work anymore. Schmommunism, you're pronouncing it wrong. Schmommunism? Is that. Wait, wait, wait. Is that what's. are we overthrowing the communism? Or no, are I don't we think we are. Creating the communism. Schmommunism. There is nothing to do with this other word. Is yeah, that whatever? I suddenly have different feelings about this revolution. I thought it was no, just like you agreed. You know, we have a deal. I thought there's no backing out like, now. You are in the bowels of the earth with us. You cannot back out. Alistair, who has not really done much research into various forms of government, is like, yeah, I'm in. Cool. Revolu- revolution! Yeah, those those eight-year-olds on YouTube seem pretty sure that communism is what we need. 
That's what happens is they just watch this Nomengard guy just watch one episode of the kids like, you know, communism actually, I feel like that's what America needs. And it's like, I agree. I agree. So are we about to kill a gnome king? Yes. Hey, that's sexist. A gnome royalty member. Yes. Non-gender specific. Okay, Ernest is going to kind of rub his temples again and be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you expecting this is where your night was going to go? It's okay. Ah, I'm tired. That's <laughs> right. Alistair's going to pull out one of his backup biscuits from foil and he's going to hand nah, it he's, uh <laughs> Norbert steals it. No, roll ah. for that. Roll for that, Norbert. <laughs> yeah, you, you roll for that. That's a nat one. He, Five. Um, he yeah. hits his head <laughs> on, the, on the wall as he miss, jumps and misses. <laughs> I just look at him like... All right, and I food. Hand- we must feed the people. <laughs> and I hand. This I- is gonna kill my voice. This is really gonna be bad. Oh my goodness! I hand it to Ernest. So I'm like, it's all right. I take it. Like, I, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about the communism thing, but I feel like I hand it to Nomengard guy. <laughs> this is very um, sugary. Mm. It's like when you soak worms in Beetlejuice and leave them. It's good. Mm. <laughs> mm. He's licking many long fingers. I just, I just kind of smirk at Alistair. Well, I thought that was at, meant to at, feed at, the people. I am the people. <laughs> How can the people revolt yes. when their leaders have no strength? I just, I just smirk at Ernest and I'm like, it's just a gnome revolution. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> guys... Are you ready to do what must be done? I I pull out my cutthroat razor. Yes! I, I go, yes! I pocket my taser. <laughs> like, I like you less. <laughs> Violent human. But violence is what we need. Violence will see the dawn of a new era. He uh, He's going to storm past you back out into the little... Gnome slum. Wait, I thought you. I thought you had kids. Who are you supporting? What was oh, all they, that? They speech? died. They died. Um, as as he says, so uh, a small door opens in the room, and um, three little gnome heads look out, um, and they say, "Daddy, why? What's happening?" And he he shoves them back in and closes the door and goes, "Go to bed. No, don't talk. Shh, <laughs> shh." Uh, he looks back at you. They were killed by the monarchy. It's a grave injustice. <laughs> We must have vengeance. Come, the revolution begins. <laughs> and he's going to shoot you out of his home. <laughs> okay. His wife walks up and gives him a packed lunch. Thank you, dear. Yes. All right, so he leads you back out into the square. And he uh, kind of, as you, I guess you guys are sort of sitting. Yeah. Whatever. He's going to get yeah. on top of Alistair's knee to make himself taller. Uh, he's going to throw his arms in the air. And he says... My people, people of Nomengrad, you are the common gnome. You are oppressed, downtrodden, forced into an unjust system of labor with no hope of reprieve. We work our hands to the bone and our bodies to the grave while the wealthy among us grow wealthier. I look at Alistair like, I feel like I've heard this before. (laughs) I just shrug as like, look, who knows? He has one speech. (laughs) Yeah. They own the means of production. The mines, the farms, the resources. They own it and we work it. We do the labor. They take the wealth. 
If there is ever to be peace and prosperity among common gnomes, the proletariat must rise and overthrow the bourgeoisie. We must tear down our monarchy and our owners of business. We must give it all to the people. A utopia, working side by side for the common gnomes, by the common gnomes, for the greater good. If you're with me, brothers, raise your arms. Can I, can I roll to not giggle? Sure, you do that. <laughs> Oh, that's a ten. Okay. All right, I, you hold it in. I smile, but I don't. I don't laugh. Uh, at his stirring speech, uh, dozens of gnomes emerge from their homes carrying um, spades and crowbars. It's immediately a SpongeBob mob. Yeah, there's a little stall with one gnome handing out pitchforks and um, scythes to other gnomes. Got to get them uh, scythes into those hot little hands. And Alice is uh, like, and there's instantly a mob ready to go. Alice is like, yeah, we're we're helping too. Yeah, he's like, yes. Go the revolution. These giant humans shall be on the front line. They will take the damage. <laughs> I wave, <laughs> and they cheer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's gonna do? Okay, I guess <laughs> we'll storm the castle. <laughs> All right, he goes this way. Follow me. And he's gonna uh, to hurry off into another tunnel. You are followed by the the mob of gnomes you wander your way through the different passages uh, and you come to a larger set of doors um outside of which there are two guards dressed in um crude tin armor uh, with spears uh and they see you approaching and they block the entrance with their spears and they say halt what is this rabble turn back at once Back to work. Uh, Ernest is going to pull out the taser and just go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, magic. <laughs> what is this? Sorcery. You've brought humans. Uh, Alice That's just... the second thing. I, can see I these thought massive... they were tall gnomes. <laughs> it's these massive people on all fours walking up. It's like, what do you want? Magic. Humans. Ah! <laughs> I didn't look up. Alistair's going to take out one of his flashlights and like shine it into the eyes. Like try and blind the gnome. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest is going to, like, nudge them out of the way with his feet. Just like, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> While they're uh, being blinded and the other ones are being scared by the taser. Uh, like, roll with them. advantage to do that. <laughs> okay, that's a nine. So, five and a nine. Oh, yeah, the nine lets you do that. Yeah! Yeah, yeah. finally not rolling two! Yes! Uh, all right, so the, these entrance doors are clear. <laughs> just push them out of the way. It's like, <laughs> ah, oh, I'm bested. <laughs> <laughs> they just drop their spear. Like, oh, no. All right, you're in front of the doors. What are you going to do? I'm going to knock on it with, like, one finger. Dip, dip, dip. <laughs> you knock. Uh, a voice goes, oh, who is he? Uh, hello, miss. My name's Ernest Marsh. I'm a park ranger. I'm a man. Hello, 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 sir. I'm Ernest Marsh. I'm a park ranger in the uh, town of Port Staples. I'm a representative of this uh, communist revolution. Communist! Um, <laughs> communist revolution. Um, we're just here to talk, uh, hopefully avoid anything else. Like They're, they're quite angry. Um, I'm not in support of much of this, but for some reason my partner is, so I'm here. Um, hey, I am the me, one. Alistair. Yeah, I just thought we could you know, maybe have a bit of a chat before the rest of the angry crowd gets here you know all right um yeah we can we are can, like, you using silver tongue i should anything? use silver tongue that's probably a good idea so you i i kind of whisper i'm like so you think we're gonna like try and mediate like yeah i'd rather that <laughs> i'd rather that than everyone dying 
I feel like, let's start. Let's start with that. Okay. So did my silver tongue convince them to do uh, anything? Oh uh, yeah. Um. All right. So keep track of your points. What did you spend? Uh, so that's just another two. Yeah, I still got all right. There's two. a whisper behind the doors. He speaks nonsense, but his words are pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> and they open the doors. Block the crowd with your body from assaulting them. <laughs> that thing. So I'm, I going turn, to, I, yep. I'm going to sit down and talk to the, the gnomes. I'm going to turn around and talk to the rebels. And I'm like, all right, so um, he's just going to chat to them real quick. And they go, no. And then like, no chatting. We'll get to the revolution in a second, but he's just got to, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Norbert says Diplomacy is mm, definitely not my strength If you have more sweet delights We will bite our time I write, I, uh, <laughs> Of course And I like take the rest of my biscuits Roll for how many biscuits you have Actually, yeah, Roll yeah. a d8 Because I think there's probably like 10 in If not you can just yeah, shine yeah. your light at them and keep them at bay <laughs> Ah finding light Remember these are about the size of I have four biscuits ladies. left you have four biscuits left. They start, they snatch them and they, they distribute them and the whole crowd is going... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's definitely one guy just licking the icing and like putting the rest <laughs> yeah, aside. Yeah, they, they start trying to get your fingers to lick whatever's left off your fingers. Uh, yeah. It's very creepy and weird. Like, ugh. Oh, gross. They have no. very oh. long tongues, like two inch long tongues. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are sitting in the entranceway to the grand hall of the... Gnomen royalty. Uh, you see clusters of gnomes uh, crowded around in this pillared hall of nicely cut stone and um, drapery hanging from the ceiling. Uh, the gnomes here are well dressed. They're wearing elaborate suits of clothes with braided hair, adornments, uh, all of these sort of things. This room, though relatively large, is dominated by a set of three thrones at the far end, um, carved from stone. On these sit three gnomes. Uh, To the left and right are small male gnomes, you could tell by their beards. Female gnomes also have beards, but they're shorter. (laughs) Um, Naturally. They look uh, young and they stare at you with hostility and uncertainty. Um, In the centre, on the largest throne, sits... A squat female gnome dressed lavishly in a silken cloak. Upon her noble head is a twisted crown of roots uh, decorated with glinting burnished stones. Her face is hard and stern and she watches you intently. This is Queen Una of Nomengrad. I give a little wave to everyone. I'm like, hello, hello. Thank you. Um, thank you for letting me in. Uh, I very much appreciate it. Um, so my name, as I said before, I am Ernest Marsh. I am a park ranger in Port Staples. And I kind of point up. And I was like, I'm. I think I'm over that way. And I kind of gesture off to the right. I'm like, I, I, I'm over that way. Um, so I am kind of in this situation. I'm kind of a representative of the Schmommunists over here. They uh, they think they've been treated wrongly and haven't been paid enough or whatever. Uh, and they they're living in slums and all that type of stuff. And if something isn't worked out. They're probably going to kill you all. Here's how we're going to do this mechanically. In order for you to convince uh, the monarchy that they need to... The monarchy? Yeah, sorry. To convince the monarchy that you are, <laughs> that, um, that they need to reform their system of government in order to uh, avoid a revolution, you are going to have to uh, beat a certain 
um, threshold that I have set. Right. The way you're going to do this is that um, you're going to come up with three different reasons um, why they should do this. And for each one, you're going to get a D12 to roll. Yep. Um, you're going to get to roll those D12s. If you say stuff that is going to turn them away from this, I'm going to give you a penalty dice that you also have to roll. And you have to try to beat uh, this number. Otherwise, they're going to disregard you. Okay. So I kind of look at them again. It's like, I think it's very important for the systems of everything here to not be interrupted too much. I feel like this crowd doesn't understand how much of an impact switching over complete governments and organized systems will be. It will be kind of disastrous and it will make everyone unhappy rather than just the rich happy and the poor unhappy. So if things can be altered in some way to improve living conditions for the people in the lower areas so they can be happier and feel like they're actually valued in some form, then that changes the the future outcome for this because there's a lot of people out there and there's also a giant out there, my friend, who is for some reason in support of all this. So the odds are heavily against you if you don't sway what's going on here rapidly to kind of meet the will of the very large amount of people out there. The crowd goes, mm, he has a good point. Mm, no, he doesn't. Mm, he's ugly. <laughs> um, the two princes on either side of the queen are whispering to her. Uh, and she kind of gestures lavishly with one hand for you to continue. So you have one, one D12. Yay. So apparently, just from what I've heard, you guys do mining here and you have farms and all that type of stuff. Um, and also uh, we met some random guy. He was going out and having to attack a new construction of a building to get a reward. The the crowd hisses and goes, yeah, ugly construction. Yeah. It is very ugly. I don't like it either. The yellow beast. Yes, as well. Uh, that's not made in you know, this region. I feel like they should support you know locally made stuff. Anyway, if something could be worked out where they could get... Cause do you guys have taxation here? You yes, have, you do? much taxation. <laughs> much taxation. Well, maybe you could work... In fact, so much taxation that we give them food and don't pay them. Okay. Um... 100% taxation. Yeah, little cheer. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's an idea. So the people out there don't feel valued and they don't they often quite appear to be quite hungry as well and upset with the conditions. Maybe if because they don't seem to value being fed as a way of being happy, if you were to lower that taxation a little bit and provide them with different means of earning money. So you could uh, do the mining or that type of stuff, but maybe then some people could, you know, craft stuff with the different mining materials or that type of stuff, and people could be paid different amounts for that type of stuff. Then actually Nomengard as a whole could grow because you're creating different businesses and all that Nomengrad. type of stuff. I'm sorry, I'm terribly sorry. But, you know, if you allowed people to be rewarded for achieving great things, then this kingdom could grow hugely rather than everyone just trying to survive. Yeah, you make a good point. It's still ugly, though. Alistair's just going to call from outside. He's like, 
How you going in there, Ernest? Uh, cool. getting pretty restless out here, just letting you know. <laughs> I look over I reckon you've got about like, 1d12's worth of time left. I look over and they're like nibbling on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, make one last. I don't have many fingernails left. I turn back to the to the crowd in front of me. I'm trying to actually work out anything else. Yeah, I'm trying to get you to come up with a solution for how you fix uh, capitalism. Yeah. Uh, corrupt capitalist system uh, without... <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, I, communism. Yeah, I look it's at an age-old problem I'm trying to get you to solve yeah. in 15 minutes with gnomes. Yeah. So I, I look at them as I was like, the people out there think they want they think they want shmommunism because that seems the best in comparison to what they currently have. But that could in be the background here a cheer. But that, I was like, but that could be really bad. Like it could it could go as well for them, but it could also go really badly for them. The best opportunity you lot have, and they have, is to work out something better with the current system, which allows you people to continue on as you are without being either murdered or forced into a system that you didn't want, and allows them to feel valued and to improve their lifestyle and lives for their families without needing to overthrow a government and possibly destroy their lives further. So if something better can be worked out which allows for both parties to be happy then that's way better than you guys being happier for about 30 more seconds before they crash in here before my friend runs out of biscuits or you know <laughs> them creating a new type of government that ends up destroying all of them uh, they're all whispering roll your three d12s that was the best i have that was pretty good that's an eight eleven oh good 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 Seven. So that is a total of 26. Yes. Crowd murmurs among themselves and goes, mm, he makes good points. Mm, yes, maybe diversify. Oh, I don't want to die. <laughs> and they um, they look to the queen. Queen Una uh, rises from her throne. She surveys the people in front of her and she looks you dead in the eye and she says, I hear your points. But this rabble will never take us. Guards! I and her her retinue of bodyguards um, are going to stand to attention and close in around her. And the um, the other nobility, realizing that those guards are not protecting them, they're only protecting the queen and her sons, are going to start fleeing in all directions. And it turns to utter chaos. And the crowd outside is going to start trying to climb over Alistair to get inside. I uh, I do something. How'd it go, I do something. How's it going? I do something else now. I pull out my taser, switch it on, and like bang it on the floor and send out sparks. And I'm like, here's a better idea then. <laughs> I will make you do this before that crowd tears all of you limb from limb. All right. Uh, Alistair and the gnome are going to make an opposed roll. Okay. Yep. Five. Twelve. They got advantage because there's like okay. 30 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12. They swarm you. They are over your shoulders, under your arms. Uh, the majority of the crowd manages to push past you okay. into the room. Now they're going to make an opposed check with Ernest. I'm going to, to try and here. reach behind me and slam the front doors closed. Make an opposed roll. That is a four. Uh, no, they beat you. <laughs> right. They force the doors open, and um, basically you each are going to get to do one thing, uh, but you basically decide which which side of this rebellion are you on now. <sighs> I um, 
I switch off my taser and I kind of just back my way out of the door. So you're you're letting the revolution happen now. I'm just, right? yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm going home. I tried. That was the best arguments I had. I'm just going to kind of <laughs> slowly squish my way out of the door. I was like, ah, okay. What's right. Alistair doing? Shmommunism. Um, Alistair, realizing that there is no hope for diplomacy, is going to take out his razor <laughs> and, <laughs> and running behind the group crawling. of Aang. Cr- sorry, crawling behind as quickly and as coolly as possible, which is not very easy. He's going to run after the group of gnomes, yelling, Revolution! <laughs> Revolution! He's going to, like, push past Ernest. All right, here's how we're going to do this, then. The aristocracy gnomes have a D20. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> the proletariat gnomes have a d20, and because okay. you are on their side, the proletariat gnomes get an additional d6, and okay. so the outcome, who has a higher role, uh, will be who won. The All right. Okay. I figure out, I can always just leave if it doesn't go well, because right. I'm at the back of the group. The bourgeoisie arist- aristocracy gnomes uh, got a 16. The... Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll add your bonus. I feel like Alistair's worth more than D6, surely. Well, that's probably good because he's got a one. So I'm gonna, I think I'd, I'll buy that. Let's say he's worth probably half the gnome army. Um, he, he can have a 12. Okay. I've doubled it. Okay. Because, you know, we're, we're really about fair and sticking to the rules on this one. Exactly. Though. He just wants Mormonism to win. Well, regardless, it is actually a 16. The... So it's down to Ernest. <laughs> the... Aristocracy rolled a natural 16 um, between the D20 getting a 6 and um, Alistair's 10. <laughs> uh, it is a stalemate. Uh, the gnomes are screaming. No! There is, no, no! There are gnomes <laughs> hurled bodily in every direction. Wait, how does Alistair not sway it completely in one side? Yeah, well, look at it this way. The, the house is just there like, hey, yeah. get out of the way, guys. But I guess the aristocracy have, like, trained guards. Yeah. And they're well-fed. The the proletariat are fighting with makeshift weapons. I feel like a few of them have fainted from, like, <laughs> fainted starvation. From it comes to... Oh, this, this is how we'll do this. The two sides separate. There are bleeding gnomes left and right. Bloody noses. They're not very good at combat. You find no one's actually dead here. People have just kind of got hair pulled out, <laughs> a beard's a bit torn. Someone's got a couple of missing teeth. Their weapons aren't great. There's a couple of cuts and bruises. No one's actually dead. Um, Alistair, you've more kind of cut up a couple of them and yeah. smacked some around. Uh, I was mostly, a, mostly like kicking. This shoving. is an incredibly underwhelming revolutionary <laughs> battle. The queen kind of... Um, Did Alistair take any damage in that? Oh, yeah, he would have. Roll D4. Um, D4? D6. D6. You take six damage. Four damage. All right, yeah, you got a couple of bites. Um, <laughs> someone punched you in the eye. Ah! My eye! The queen gnome Una gets to her uh, her feet, stands on the throne, and she gestures at you and goes, From this day forth, for future generations, this will be known as the Battle of Gnomengrad. It will be the beginning of a new age of gnomes. You who have rebelled are banished. Get out. <laughs> Leave. Into the wilderness. Into the world of the humans and the disgusting renovations. 
I run up and kick her off the throne and say, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't care about communism or any of this. No, I have been sent here to stop that type of stuff. So you uh, now technically join the revolution. I've joined, yeah, I've joined the other side. All right, side. well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it another d12. I'll roll another d12 since you've joined late. All right, so he got a seven. The queen is flung to the other side of the room. <laughs> I kind of just like uh, turning on my taser again. I'm going to point and I'm like, bad. Stop. Or stop, I'm going to point out. Stop. All of you, okay? No. Not doing this. No. No banishing. No. You lot can work out what you're doing, okay? All right? I have, you're not, no one's being banished, okay? You're not invading the world of the humans. The humans live there, all right? And I'll get in trouble because you'll be counted as pests and I won't be doing my job. And I don't want to be in trouble anymore. <laughs> I've had a rough few days, okay? Just work it out amongst yourselves and you can send me the minutes or whatever. <laughs> but like, but like... Come on, guys. Norbert steps forward. Uh, his nose is broken. It's ne- it was bent one way, now it's bent the <laughs> other way. And he says, Good point. Human, whose name I never asked. <laughs> he turn- he, sta- he gets up on top of the... the um, Turned over uh, throne. The, yeah, the throne. And he addresses uh, the crowd and goes, We have won! <laughs> <laughs> Power to the people! <laughs> Banish the humans! And they're going to start shoving and pushing you out the door. <laughs> we will keep our word. We will have peace with the yellow beast and the ugly renovation for now. But never return here. Okay, and they're shoving you out and you're kind of bundled and pushed and jabbed down the corridors. Now, I helped you. Until you're kind of expelled into the bottom of the well again. Oh, this is going to sit down <laughs> above the well. It's like, okay, that didn't go as badly as it could have. That could have gone much worse. I don't think any of them actually died. No. no so it depends if there's so. any executions <laughs> while we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we definitely hear, like, chanting. Oh, a horrible chanting and then, like, a horrible scream. And I was like, I'm just, like, blocking. I was like... I feel like that's the best we could have done in that situation. Don't know what you were doing, but... I just shrug. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's fine. I start to climb up out the well. Yeah, I follow him. You climb out of the well, dirty, a little disheveled, tired of revolution. Uh, you get back into the car. And there we leave the boys. And we travel over the mountain of Hookbar to a distant cove where a small child is waiting for his mother to return. In these early hours of the morning, in an empty house, he cradles a copy of Jules Verne's classic 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He reads of Captain Nemo and the Nautilus. For a time, he's lost in a world of imagination and wonder, and he doesn't see the shadow that stands outside the locked door. So absorbed is he in this world of wonder that he doesn't hear the quiet rattling breath and he doesn't see the silent turning of the door handle. That was Dark Tides with me, Aubrey Lydon, as your host and narrator. As always, I am joined by Chester Lydon, 
playing Ernest Marsh and BJ Ingate as Alistair Stern. You can check us out on Patreon, where we have a whole pile of bonus content. If you'd like to support the show and get access to our after-show discussion, Breaking Tides, a heap of bonus content and forums and all sorts of good things, you can now find us on Reddit at r slash darktides. That's right, we got the proper name, guys. Not Dark Tides Pod. Not Dark Tides Pod. Now that's an achievement. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us. Uh, Suggest us to friends or work colleagues, whoever might enjoy us. And we will see you in two weeks with the next episode. Until then, stay safe. Stay safe.